I'll tell you something I love about being in France, in addition to some seriously delicious butter, and that is the wide selection of wines I can find in France for low prices. It can be much more difficult to source those same bottles back in the States, and that's why I love to buy wines out of France with Ideal Wine. I have bottles shipped to me, hassle-free. It's easy. Ideal Wine has a new auction every week and is a great source for iconic names like Ouette, Louis Roeder, and Domaine Lefleve, as well as rising stars like Arnaud Lachaud, Gonon, and Tissot. Find the wines you'd rather be drinking at idealwine.com. That's I-D-E-A-L-W-I-N-E.com and have the wine shipped to you in the States. Use the promo code FIRST, F-I-R-S-T, for $15 off your first order of $150 or more. Hey, that's $15 you could save, and that is some good butter money. See for yourself at Ideal Wine. I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levy Dalton. I'm Erin Scala. And here's our show today. Sebastian Rifo on the show today. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good, and you? Nice to have you here. Perfect. So you're in the Loire Valley. Yeah. And you're on the family estate in Sancerre. Yeah, for many generations. How long? It's seven or eight generations, but it's I, I'm really the first generation to be one 100% wine producer, like everywhere you can find anywhere in, in France. You know, just uh, uh, half a century ago, all of the people are more in polyculture, and just they, like my grandfather, you say, selling wine. When you, you produce more, then it's possible to drink. You're in Sancerre, and your dad made the vines. You know, he's yeah. taking care of the vines. Yeah. And at what point did you decide you wanted to get into wine? His story is a, so he born in the, in the, since 1951, and uh, he started to work in the 17th with, a, like I say, a polyculture farm with a, my grandmother used produce some goat cheese or it's well it's it's just uh, every is my, my when parents are used to produce all of the things you can have in the firm so in the 17s you start to do 50 percent uh, cereals 50 percent vineyard and in the 18s the um, sensor operations start to be interesting people start to to know in the world and decide to stop the cereal and to be to work only on the on the vineyard and uh, like one ninety nine percent or one hundred percent of the guys, the operation is attracted by people who are starting to use uh, fertilizer, to start to use some pesticide, to use some sugar, or to use some yeast because life is more easy. You know, you put one time on spring some herbicide, and uh, and that's it. You need them to plowing, and you put put some yeast in a week or ten days, all of the fermentation is done. So life. People use 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 thinking that life is more easy on this way, and uh, he continues yes, that to to the end of the 19s. And uh, at this period, I, I was I used to studying school very classical viticulture and enology. And when I was 2021, 20, I um, so I finished my. Um, period to studying and I started starting to before to, to go to back at the estate I decided to do one year trip 
to know what's next to the border between the wine production and self production. So I decided to go six months in London. And uh, after the six months in London, so I drink many, many wines, so m more open than you can find in France, because you, in France you can find most of the place and 95% French wines. But in London, what's interesting, because you've got for sure some French wine, but also some European wine, some Spanish wine, some Italian wine, and also New World wine, uh, Port, uh, Madeira, Xerias uh, or something, Cherry or something. So uh, it was interesting first step for open mind for myself. And second step, I was lucky to, to work in a big wine shop in Paris, where there is more than 7,000 different type of wine. So I used taste many, many wines, so wine at $15, and also some great uh, champagne, great burgundy, great Bordeaux, and also some natural wine. And so in, at this period, I taste many, many, many things, many types of wine. When I discovered some uh, guys like Prior Rock, uh, Philippe Chambon, Domaine de Perra, some uh, guys like that, and say, oh, come on, well, how these guys are doing wine? So I start to be in try to be in contact with these guys and to understand what, what they do. I say, okay, I'm lucky because I got family estates. For sure, it's not on our way, but probably I can just start with a small parcel to start to grow myself and to start to do my, my experience. It's the best way to, to arrive at one point to do your self-experience. And I starting in half an hectare in 2004. I offered the wine Skevedra with organically and no sulfur had. No, yes, nothing, just, just not to our way. And uh, this is working in 2004, and we restart in 2005 with another wine, with Akmenide. And step by step, we change everything from this state. And since 2007, we are, we are going for all of the states on the organic certification and biodynamic certification. Are there other producers in Sancerre that are working organically or you know, low sulfur or biodynamically at the moment? So uh, there is, we are six or seven producers that fight organic in the, uh, the region and organic and dynamically. So this is good, it's a good point. Some big house of wines are making wines that are certified organic. So it's good for the appellation because, you, you know, when you've got one parcel is, is organic is good because it's not chemical. So people are not using pesticide. But for today, the, the problem is we are quite alone to, to be on the second step with a natural wine making. So I've got a friend in Puyifume is also running like me, but uh, we are quite, I think, alone. And uh, so I'm just more taking more experience and more sensibility from guys in uh, you know Touraine, in Anjou, or in Burgundy, or in Alsace. It's uh, some place where there is some guys that are making, running wine like that for many, many years. For me, the premise for your region today, it's easy sales, easy, uh, Sancerre is like a brand, it's like a brand, so sales are easy, so people are not, it's from, it's one of particular of, the, of people, of any people, you know, if everything is going well, you don't, you don't thinking to change something. So for the moment it's going well, price are going a little bit, for regular Sancerre, price are going a little bit down, but uh, it's okay for the moment. So um, compared to other regions like uh, Anjou, Touraine, or where life is more difficult because the prices are very, very low, there is many people that are totally changed mind and they're starting to be organic and to be in a natural way. So a uh, good example in, uh, 
relation in like Jura, this the street up guys like uh, Overna, Over, pardon, Overnois, Tissot, and uh, and Ganva, they attract all of the young generation to go in this way. And the three guys, they are really on the top of the operation, and they're pumping all of the all the rest of the operation to go on this way. So guys are young generation today. They're starting to be organic. They're starting to go in natural ways. They're starting to stop uh, enzymes, sulfates, uh, yeast, sugar. So this is really good good for the appellation. But promise for me today, I, I hope it's coming one day. But um, new young generation, it's not the you know the guys are famous in your region. They are not organic. They use selected yeast, a new oak. Uh, so it's hard for new generations. But I hope it's changing in the future. You know, was it a smooth transition with your own father when you said to him, "Hey, you know, maybe less sulfur, maybe biodynamic farming, maybe no herbicides"? It it, it was um, you, you, in sense you you, you have to uh, people of you understand the um, my father you start he, he don't know in seventeen, but it's what it was like organic. You, you don't use a herbicide at this period. So one one day one guy one commercial guy is come or. It's so difficult for you to prowing the soil. I saw that you've got a, it's very hard job. So I can sell you an, an herbicide. You can try it. Okay. So he tried it and it's for him. It was a revolution because it's, he, he, he have more time for do other things. He have no stress to plowing the perfect day, the per- perfect period when the soil is not too humid or, or too dry. Uh, when pesticide systemic arrive, you can spray it every two, every 14 days. And you, it doesn't really matter if it's rain or if rain or not. So it was very, very. People are thinking it's more, more easy. When at, at the end of the 19s, he do a job like uh, it's a small estate, 12 hectares, but he use like uh, like a big firm, like an industry. And uh, when I arrive and I say, okay, I restarting to plowing soil. I will restart to to making wine without yeast, without uh, enzyme, with uh, with manual harvesting, and everything. So, come on, why you want to do that? I know this job. I used to do that 30 years ago. Why you want to go this way? Because because for me there is no way we are we are, we are directly going in the wall with that. We have to change your mind because we, we can continue to do that. So. The first ten, eight, seven, seven, eight years were well, well, so difficult. There was a lot of stress. I lose uh, in two or three years. I lose one hundred percent of the customer of my father. All of them. They yeah. all left. All of them. My, my father, you sell sells you very easily. You know the the biggest sales he used to do is what it was a, a full truck of twenty four pallets of six hundred bottles each for UK. Paying one one invoice, pay directly. It was so easy today restarting to sell so in small wine shop in small restaurant by small quantity so it take a long time and i'm today for for a week with my importers they've rovin and so we do that so we visit some so okay good high level restaurant but it, it takes a long time you sell by 24 36 bottle so it was really more easy for sell with my father but uh it's life like that it's a long job but uh for me, I'm working for a future, and uh, the other wines for me, it's it's just the past. How many hectares do you work? So we were, we were twelve hectares total. Um, also, one hundred percent, one hundred percent certified organic and biodynamic. Uh, mostly some Sauvignon Blanc, eleven of Sauvignon Blanc, one of Pinot Noir, 
and um, mostly on the old vines. Uh, that's a good good thing for me. They in the past my father wasn't organic, but um, the good things he do is he, he never uh, replant all of the parcel. So this is a field of policy for maybe twenty years. So we never replace all of the plant in a parcel. So every every year to conserve the competition between all of the plants, we replace every every year one plant die one plant. Uh, where they die for certain reasons because it's sick because it's uh, yeah, when we plowing we break a root big roots so, so uh, the plant die we replace it and we plant a new one so most of the parcels are some parcels are planting by my grandfather 60 years 65 years ago and with my by my father so 30 years ago when he start so um, 30 or 40 years so we've got to style of wine, wine that you can see on a range of 30 years for the quite young wines. And other parcel were planted 65 years ago by my grandfather. And so I say just a range of 50 years. So I can I, it's, I can say this 65 years because it's a mix of plants that have got 65, for sure 65 years, but there's just maybe a, a third or half of the parcel got 65 years old plans and the rest have got uh, 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, 2 years. So it's been about a range of 50 years. Are they on different types of soil? Yeah, so in, in Sancerre, the, um, so we've got two families of soil. So on the, like Pouille-Fumé, on, on the east part of Sancerre, so close to the Loire River, we've got uh, approximately a third of the Appalachian. The Appalachian is total is 3,000 hectares. Um, this part on the east is um, acid soil, so it's a silex or flint soil. And on the west part, we've got a more alkaline soil. On this part, we've got two types of shulk. One is Cumeridgian and one is Portlandian. So the things we are lucky, we've got these three types of soil. When we, where we are making different wine by these three types of soils. They are making wine so different only by the origin of soil. And how do those flavors play out for you in the glass? When you taste a wine, can you tell from the taste where it came from? We, we've got mostly uh, some Portlandian shulk. Uh, so for the, the two first wines, for the two young vines, we're working on Portlandian. But for the old vines, we've got these three three type of soil. And in uh, so old vines, so auxin is for uh, for the, the Portlandian shulk, saulitas for Kimmeridgen, skveltra for silex. And uh, this wine are so different, same exactly same process, same age of vine, same type of same same type of vinification, everything is same. And um, for me, if I have to say the difference between the soil, so the Portlandian are making wine more on the heavy way, more on the poor for a lot of fruits way. The Kimmeridgian are more um, elegant, more fine, so more a little bit more spicy. Compared to the to the flint silex, uh, where the wines are more more close, but more really more elegant and really more long, and with really 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 more uh, minerality compared to the other, the other wines. I can't think of maybe I'm just not thinking of it, but I can't think of a lot of Sauvignon Blancs, 100% Sauvignon Blancs that are made in a natural fashion in the world. I actually can't think of that many. Are there other growers working in? anywhere in the world working with Sauvignon that you feel somewhat similar to besides your friend Alexander Bain? 
sans air, if, if you want to produce sans air or puy fumé, you have to work really 100% with Sauvignon Blanc. So there is a re regulation for that. So it's a crazy story. Uh, two centuries ago, before the phylloxera period, uh, sans air, it was only gamay. It was only a gamay like uh, Côte d'Auvergne or like um, this wine of the region of, uh, of Loire. And uh, after the phylloxera, so 100% of the of the uh, of the vineyard, everybody, everybody stopped to, to making wine. So guys, they find the, the American rootstock to to restart and to to restart to plant the vineyard. And that's this, that's this period. I don't know why. But I I can say why, but uh, uh, they restart to plant with two grape variety fashion on the area. So Pinot Noir from Burgundy and Sauvignon Blanc from Touraine. To make to rebuild the uh, the vineyard of the vineyard of Sancerre. But is there somebody working with a low sulfur natural method with Sauvignon Blanc besides your friend? Yeah, so there is one of the region where Sauvignon Blanc for me come from is from Touraine, especially on the east part on the district of Loire Cher. And with there is some guys are really uh, Helped me a lot, and I teach him a lot from these guys. I'm making uh, Sauvignon Blanc, so I'm, there is two guys that really helped me. So it's Michel Auger from uh, Domaine des Maisons Brûlées, who is making a very, very uh, amazing Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, so he is in uh, in Pouillet, so on, on close to the border on the on the Cher River. So he work on the on the Silex soil. And on the other side, there is another guy whose name is Bruno Allion. He's working in the Schalk and he's making also some amazing uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Without sulfur, for, do, they do together that for several generations. And this is some guys uh, I meet and I learn a lot about uh, biodynamics, about uh, organic, about horse plowing, about uh, natural wines, 100% natural without sulfates. And these guys are really, really... Uh, this is really focus I'd like to to go to when I starting to make wine. And you're working in partnership with your wife. Who yes, you, you met in London. Yeah, to fair. So sorry. Yeah, so so is uh, name is Jurate. So we we are working together now at the estate. So she she, she we are working together for we try to it's really small estate. So we have to be we have to go everything. So. We are also uh, uh, sales manager, sales manager, uh, uh, human resource manager, uh, administrative manager, vineyard manager, seller manager. It's really small, it's really small estate, and so um, she helped me for many things for wine and also for the name of the of the wines. So we decided in 2004 when we started making wine totally natural to change uh, the traditional. Uh, Names of the wine like uh, tradition, prestige, or quintessence, or, or something, and so we decide to to do. She, she, she's come from Lithuania, and we decide to to use some names, some poetic translation of the name of the original names of the parcel in Lithuania. And she also owns a horse, and so you guys plow a part of what you do by horse. Yes. So the so only twelve hectares we. We've got eight hectares, eight hectares we plowing by by tractor for the young vines, and for the old vines we try to, to work on a little bit more delicate work. And I'm working with we have got, I've got two two horses, try to to working by uh, 
I blowing my my horse so make a job more so for sure more you need more energy take a lot of energy take a lot of time but the result is more uh, manual jobs compared to uh, to automatic job you can do by a tractor and also the horses are not compacting the soil because there is no um, you know with with a tractor any tractor you've got there is a engine vibration and this vibration like compacting the soil with the horse there is no vibration and you work really more the quality of soil is so is so different so we do that for the four hectares of all wines so you make five wines from sauvignon blanc grape and then you make one wine from the pinot noir grape so three three wines for the Sauvignon Blanc. It's eleven hectares and one hectare of Pinot Noir, where we do a, a wine with young vines and one the wine with old vines. So, what is the difference working Pinot to Sauvignon Blanc when you're plowing by horse? Does it respond differently to do old vine Pinot than old vine Sauvignon Blanc? Not not really, because it's the same type of pruning. We we use a simple guillot for both of the varieties. So. There is no really difference here. Just uh, no, there is no no really difference between for plowing. Just difficult things. We've got some uh, land more flat, and we've got some land we've got more hill. So we've got the maximum we've got is thirty uh, percent. So thirty percent is quite hard for uh, for horses to go on the two way. And what have you learned working with horses? I would imagine that your dad hadn't done too much of that. So recently, the cr- craziest thing. So I, I never, uh, never meet my, my 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 grandfather because he was the old old generation. He was born in uh, eighteen ninety nine and uh, he died in the eighteen. So I uh, even I never um, speak with him and I never uh, I never learn many things about him. So he used to horse growing, but he never teach my father about that because. He stopped to work in end of the fifteenth with the horse, and the guys are all of the guys are starting to buy a tractor and something. So um, for him, it was like today you, you, nobody can teach children to to use a to use a fax, for example. It's it, it was like that. So it so the biggest problem for us today. So I used to learn a lot with my friend in Anjou with Olivier Cousin. I used to learn a lot about uh, horse growing and. I saw from another guy in Languedoc, uh, Roussillon, uh, Bernard Bellassem, the domain of Fontedicto. Together they, they work for more than 10 years, or for Bernard, more than 20 years by horse. So teach me a lot about that. The biggest problem today, you can imagine, there is nobody can re- re- teach you, and it's hard to find some tools to work with soil because everybody, uh, all of the tools are. So we find somewhere in the middle of nowhere, uh, some uh, in the old cellar or something. We find all the tools for to plowing, but it's hard because nobody are nobody are rebuilt today something good because there is a, a long uh, um, development for for this tool because you, if you don't know, you can just see there's a piece of iron, but it's uh, just it's some uh, tools very very uh, high for me, high development, and this is top in the 15s. So today you can find some, but you don't know how you use it. Imagine you, you find somebody in one world, you find a, a fax today, you can't uh, use it. But the uh, difference between fax and uh, this comparison, fax, okay, today we've got uh, emails, we've got all, all the things to communicate. But this type of plowing is very, very good 
for the vineyard, for uh, for the life in the vineyard, for uh, for water, for uh, bacteria, for insect, for uh, oxygen you have in the soil. So it's really, really, the soil really, for me, uh, vineyard appreciate a lot the earth blowing. Do the Appalachian authorities appreciate it? Is there sometimes uh, communication issues between talking to the people who give you the AOC and and yourself have they always understood what you're up to this is yes this is big big issue because you uh, like speaking with my friend Olivia Cousin you've got some problem with regulation at the moment about that because he he, he just do simple things I, I come from uh, Anjou that's my region I'm born in this region my my family estate is for several regions in this region why I can't write Anjou on my uh, on my label so this is like a brand today, but um, the problem is we, we totally change what is mine at the origin, uh, beginning of the century of the appellation. It just uh, just mean, for example, it's Sauvignon. It's you have to work 100% with Sauvignon Blanc. You have to make a dry wine, and you have to to plant the the, the, the Sauvignon Blanc only on special parcel, whereas they are select to produce Sancerre. And for me, that's it. After uh, some people are wine making like that. Some other people are wine making like that. So just uh, diversity. It's not uh, so today. The premise is like a brand. So, but it's at the origin. It wasn't brand. It was just to certify. It's AOC. It's certified. Where are these grapes come from? No more. So um, it's totally, it's totally cra- cra- crazy. So I, I hope people are. Looking at them, we'd be more open mind about that. But for the moment, it's quite for me. So I, okay, I for the moment, I just I keep the appellation sincere. But uh, some other guys have got some uh, some some issue about that. Sure. You mentioned adding sugar before. Is that something that happens in the area where people add chapelization to the wines? To that's one of points. It's really um, for me. It's really crazy because you you. When you speak about AOC, what, what you mean in French, the appellation d'origine contrôlée. So it's just uh, this appell- the wine is controlled origin. So that's mean the grapes have to come, the Sauvignon Blanc have to come this area, not from other parts in in the world. So the crazy thing is what, it's legal to add for just many things, but there is for me three things is crazy to add in wine. It's um, first the, the yeast. So you can select yeast everywhere in the world and you can add, it's legal to add in Sancerre. So for example, if you add some uh, selected yeast in a Sauvignon Blanc in New Zealand, you add this selected yeast, but it's not, I would say, it's not yeast from this region. When you add some f- some sugar produced in the in French Caribbean, for example, it's legal, but it's not from, sure it's from France, it's Caribbean, it's French, but... It's not from uh, a region area of Sancerre. There is no. It's impossible to find. There is no production of sugar in the region of Sancerre. And also about the the sulfates. The sulfates are um, come from petrol. So petrol is not from Sancerre. So you, when you add some sulfates, you add some petrol in your wine. So this is not. Uh, oh, for sure, you can say petrol is compost a long time ago. So you can say it's natural, but. Uh, it's it's not come from Sancerre, so it's crazy. You, you guys can keep appellation, but they use things not from the appellation. So 
the minimum for me the minimum is uh, due operation is you have to work without selected yeast without sugar and without petrol and how have you found the wines that have resulted from that to complement food what do you usually eat with your own wines and how do you usually serve them it's hard to say because my my job is uh is to produce wine it's not to you know i i i'm just uh i try to work well in the vineyard in the cellar and after i propose my wine but for me after it's a job of uh, a buyer in a wine shop or a sommelier to taste my wine and say okay this can be good with a with, with this type of food so but if you, you ask me as uh, i think the wines are not really wines you can find usually with where you can uh, do a classical match with Sancerre, with classically harvested in September. We are we are harvesting more in October, so it's more ripe. It's more uh, we, we work with big proportion of uh, noble root of Botrytis, so it's changed totally the portfolio you can find in the wine. So mixed classical mix Sancerre with oyster, is, I think for me it's not really working, but working very well with some prepared uh, fish with cream or, or something like that and for me very well with asian food is working very well with a little spice uh, this is working well also with some very good matured cheese is working also very well so in terms of the labeling you're part of an association of other natural growers sure. that are discussing how to go about setting certain standards and what does that involve the problem is about natural wine. So there is um, for organic grapes or organic production. There is a regulation in Europe and also also in US. So there is a European regulation controlled by independent uh, guys, and uh, they, they 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 certify you or not because you are using this type of this type of elements. So uh, this is a regulation, but the regulation. It was just for the grapes. Two years ago, the, in Europe, uh, there is movement to, to change the things, and now there is a vin bio, organic, organic wine. There's a regulation, but this is very, very large regulation. Uh, I think for, for me, available for big wine producer and uh, industrial wine producer with some uh, sugar can be used. Uh, it's if if the sugar is organic, yeast can be used. If uh, they are GMO, if they are not GMO, okay, but it's very, very uh, large. So the things we try to do, but the problem is, is uh, there is no regulation for natural wine, and um, there is no, so anybody can say today legally, I'm making natural wine. Okay, there is no so in natural wine there is everything. So the things we try, so there is no in Europe. I mean, there is no regulation. So um, I'm part of uh, a small uh, association in France, uh, AVN, was running for eight years. What we try to do is to to approve a regulation about natural wine, and we decide last year we we signed uh, with all of the winemakers. They are a member of this appellation. We write what is natural wine. So you can go give uh, you the website is levanaturel.org uh, where you can find what we mean about natural wine and the system is we probably do it in 2014 is to give to the French regulation what is natural wine so the French regulation was so uh, 
interest about you know, the connection we've got last year with them because they, they say that we earn about natural wine for more than 20 years and you are the first uh, groupment or first association that told directly to us to prove what you mean about natural wine. So I don't know if it will work in, but I already hope to. Uh, we'll probably not change, but approve by uh, French or European regulation what you mean natural wine. So wine, what, like I explained, organically, bioinlabically certified with nothing had except a tiny dose of sulfate at the bottling for some wine and with some for other wine uh, aven uh, without uh, we say aven zero so it's aven is totally natural wine with no sulfates had so we have to do that to just not to the process is not about natural wine it's not to say we are the best wines or the worst wine it's just to explain what you've got really in your glass it's just for I've got position of wine producer but I I can uh, see also the position of the reseller, of the position of the, uh, the private customer at the end of the chain. And uh, okay, I bought yesterday. What can I drink? So if you go in, um, you, you go in a restaurant, you, you you see on the on the list there is you, you see on the on the menu, for example, you know, uh, um, fresh lobster. You see fresh lobster. There is a regulation, France or. In US, well, there is a regulation. There are some guys they can control in the kitchen if it's fry, really fresh lobster or if it's a lobster f f frozen. So uh, there is a regulation for that. And this crazy thing, there is no, there is nothing for the wine. So for me, the, the consumer, the guys are the drinker of wines. Have to, they have to know what they drink. That's not mean the wine is good or not because anybody. It's um, anybody can say if wine is good. For me, there is big difference between the, this wine I, I like it, or this wine is not good. It's a very big, big difference because for for me or for you, it's not we are not the same taste. So with natural wine, we just promote. Not so some guys they say this this is not good wine. No, it's just some wine you don't like. But just it's, there is no nothing dangerous in natural wine it's it's uh, there is no if for example wine is too too much oxidized for example it is not dangerous for your body it's just not your taste but it's not dangerous so the things we we're really looking for is just to for for the drinker of wine you know what you drink no more after it's not natural wine doesn't mean the wine is good it just you just to prove special process just a process you just we just want to certify the process the taste after is for anybody anybody can say i like or i dislike this wine and when do you start drinking your own wines do you drink them right after bottling do you wait a few years when do you start to approach the ones that you make so the the, the thing that you discover year after year you know, with the wine is many persons think natural wine have to be made quickly and drink quickly so this probably can work for certain wines that are on the um, you know reductive way, a little bit uh, of a little bit sparkling, a little bit of bubble inside. Okay, this it's one type of natural wine you can find. For me, you can do also another type of wine. In the past, when I was starting in two thousand four, I have no no cash flow to to wait wine, so I have to 
to bottling wine after six months, nine months, and to sell wine directly. So the wine wasn't really um, perfect, just uh, 70 or 80% of the potential. And uh, I've got some problem with uh, some fewer fermentation in bottle and with some, some days oxidized and they're reductive. So job didn't, wasn't finished. So in 2009, I decided to totally, so I do that four, five, six, seven, eight, and it was okay, says, well, okay, but not perfect. In 2009, I decided to stop that and to do a long maturation of two years and wait six months, one year before selling wine. So this use cost a lot of, uh, of cash flow, but with this system, we arrive now to some wine very, very stabilized. So with this two years maturation, we are 100% sure all of the sugar are biodegrade and all of the uh, malic acid from the malolactic fermentation is totally, there is really nothing left. So with this system, your, your wine is totally stabilized. So there is no problem if one day the wine is not conserved at good temperature or something or for a fermentation or something. So this is really important. And we, uh, since 2009, we keep few of a uh, small amount, around 5-10% of the production in special cellar we keep at the estate. And now we're starting to resell, it, to resell it slowly. And when we taste, we do, um, we do vertical, um, vertical tasting of this wine. You can see after um, two, three, four years, the wines are so, so amazing because they are, they are alive. They are not crystallized by the sulfate. I mean that for wine totally free of sulfate. Um, they are not crystallized by sulfate you can add. And the wines stay alive and they are so, so clear and so refreshed. After four or five years, there is totally no problem. And then for me, natural wine can be aged without problem. And so what do you macerate it in for that period of time? Is it in what kind of container? We try many things to do. So... Um, at this stage, we originally, my, my father got some, uh, some steel tank for fermentation and for maturation. I used to start also to work with old wood barrels, so oak wood barrels. Uh, with, it was really traditionally everywhere in the world because uh, you can imagine there is no, there is no tank and steel. It's quite very new uh, in, the, in the wine. In the, in, in the wine. But the problem for me with... Uh, important thing you have to do with, uh, with wood is to have wood full of um, liquid all of the time. Because if you're racking the, the, the wine from the barrel, to conserve it, you have to put some sulfite inside. And so, so you add some sulfite, you, you can rinse it, but you add anytime a little bit of sulfite if you do that. And also you've got for me some problem with some uh, dry wood taste or something. So I try many, many things. And so today, uh, maybe it will change in the future. But for today, this thing is interesting for me. So I can do an example from this year. So in September 2013, we bought it in 2011. So after two years of maturation. So the barrel where I'm so bottling all of the wine by gravity. So there is no pumping. So we're bottling the wine a few days before harvesting. So the barrels uh, were empty. We re-put the 2012 from steel in the barrel, so the barrel are just staying a few hours empty. And after we've got steel 
ready, available for 2013. So with this system, it's good because Bauer has just few hours empty and wood, you know, difference between humid wood and dry wood, totally changed the barrel. So with this system, all of the barrel is full anytime and the humidity stay in barrel, it's really, really better for, for the, the maturation. What's the reception been like in the market as you've met with people? Is the market within France different than the market in the international scene? Are some countries more receptive to what you're doing than others? U.S. like uh, Germany or England are some uh, historic market for uh, Sancerre, classical grape variety, uh, Sauvignon Blanc tasting. So for me, the market has to be mature. Ten years ago when I started making wine, so Paris was very open about that. Japan was very open and both are staying really open mind for this wine. England, Germany and U.S. wasn't really open. I, I, I used start to sell some wine in 2004 and 2005 vintage uh, in US with another guy. And the, for me, the market wasn't open and wasn't ripe for that. So I restart with Zevrovin to work uh, two years ago in US. And now the market is really open mind about that. So both for the, the equation can work with natural wine. You, you need two things. So for sure, we, we are selling wine a little bit more higher in price compared to regular wine. But uh, the yield are lower between 40 and 20 hectolitres per hectare compared to the 68 where you can find in Sancerre. Uh, it's a lot of risk. It's a long job, long maturation. So we are selling a little bit more, but uh, we can't we can sell at the same price. So for sure, because it's a little bit uh, higher in cost, you have to find some customers that are ready to put a little bit more for the wines. And... Also, the other important things you have, you need some people, they are, they got some culture, they are of contemporary things, uh, meaning wine, but the uh, same in, uh, in art, in movies, in uh, dance, in many things. So you need some people that are open mind to uh, appreciate and to understand, oh, this wine is not like i drinking every day. So there is two solution for me in, in your mind. It's just... Uh, Okay, it's different. So I just ask myself if I like it or not, or it's different, it's not good. Just just different. So this crazy thing in France, so uh, before Japan, France is your biggest market. But the crazy things, we are working 95% in central Paris. Really nothing outside. It's crazy, but for me, it's not, I, I don't press more than Paris or in other parts in France. It just, after 10 years, it was arrived like that. I think that because in Paris, there is a, a mix of population, uh, people are traveling in Europe, uh, everywhere in the world, and they taste many types of uh, kitchen, many types of things, they are open mind for, for many things. My, my, my wife is, is also working, she's working a little bit in Paris too. She, she's, uh, she's, uh, she promotes some for example, some, some contemporary dancer. So contemporary dancing is working well in Paris, but outside it's impossible to do something. So it just, for me, it's natural wine needs some people that are open mind. How do you see the next generation taking off? In a sense, you came back and you changed things from what your dad was doing. There was a little tension for a few years. You worked it out. Is your son or daughter going to come back to you and say, you're doing it all wrong. What we're supposed to do is this. And then 
know, or maybe, 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 maybe it's. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 we see. I will be father of the spring, so uh, for the first time, so I will see. I will see what's happen. But uh, the um, I don't know. May, maybe they can do. Maybe in half a century they can do. Uh, you, you you go you go on the on the on the bad way. We you, we 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 always start to use pesticide and. Uh, but uh, I'm not really. I'm not. I'm not really sure. I okay. So you. I think um, I think human arrive at one point. We have to uh, understand. Uh, uh, story is not not in the wine, but when I c- come in the, um, by plane a uh, few weeks ago to Paris to to, to Chicago, I, plane was totally full and there is no there is no space in economic class, and they update me for free in first class. Guess this was the first time of my life I went in the plane for first class. Okay, but. Uh, Glass of uh, what you want and good and food and you you can sleep and a huge TV and okay, but I I was close to the place where people are preparing a meal for for customers, and they open for one plate of food, they open maybe uh, more than ten small pieces of plastic to give uh, one piece of meat. Little bit of rice, a little bit of uh, vegetables, a little bit of uh, for the dressing and everything, and they're making a huge, huge container of plastic and everything. So, okay, so I was lucky. I've got better food than if I can be in economic class. But you know how many kilograms of plastic we produce per year per person. So this is totally understandable, and he can't. Continues, he can't continue like that. So we have to do a reflection to to be back on other uh, on other, on other reflection. So if continues to to put some fertilizer, herbicide and pesticide in the soil, you nobody can eat tomorrow. You know, in there's crazy things for for land. You you know that you've got some land to produce some uh, for me vineyard or other things. You've got the land for today, but you you have to give to your children clear like you've got from your parents because if we are uh, st- starting to break this tool you, is, that's mean the last the last half century uh, we were starting to making we've got some many many everywhere in the world so many problem with place when you you are making food so in half a century if we continue like that it will be impossible to making food so I really hope, but that's a good question. Maybe, maybe we go on the, on the way is not good, but uh, for me today we have to we have to change that. And I think the other problem is we um, today people want to want to they pay for something they want directly the things. Okay, you pay for a place to go to see a movie, you pay. Two minutes after you are you are you 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 sit and you can see the movie. Okay, so my perception of agriculture is, is to to change that. So you know the example is, is this spring uh, next next uh, next month I am put a land of soil where there is a agriculture industrial agriculture inside, and I decide to change it and to plant some uh, tree inside. Um, so this tree was everywhere half a century ago in Sancerre, but everywhere on the corner of the parcel. But because people are starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger parcels, they break, they remove all of, the, of this tree. 
And uh, today there is many problems because uh, for um, diversity of uh, insect, of uh, yeast, of bacteria in the vineyard, there is just vineyard, vineyard everywhere. So I plant, I will plant next month that. So I will plant some, just some baby trees, very small trees, um, less than one meter high. And um, this can be a good tree for wood, but in uh, 90 or 95 years. So I will restart this style of agriculture. So for sure in 95 years, probably I will be not here, but it's agriculture for future. And today, nobody, nobody is thinking, uh, I hope people are restarting to thinking that. So, you, you know, people want to plant and they want to harvest the same uh, in the same six months. So no agriculture was never like that. So when, when you've got, uh, it's like for a big problem you can find in Brazil for trees. So the trees have got some trees, uh, three, four, five hundred years. So if you if you cut all of the tree and you, it's not a problem to cut the forest. You can use it for to making uh, many things with wood. This is not a problem. If you replace a new one, if there is a rotation. All of the human then every any time do that, so there is no problem. But the problem is if you if you collect trees and you are not replacing new one, it will be a big issue very soon. Sebastian Rifo, he's asking questions about the agriculture of the future. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. Sebastian Rifo of the Sebastian Rifo Estate in Sancerre. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tenoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap are available for sale if you check the show website, alldrinktothatpod.com. That's I-L-L, drinktothatpod.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the crucially important donations that help keep this show operating. You can donate from anywhere using PayPal or Stripe on the show website. Remember to hit subscribe or to follow this show in your favorite podcast app, please. That's super important to see every episode. And thank you for listening.